Welcome back to another episode of Survival Worldwide here on Reality Pop. I'm here with the latest evicted castaway of Survivor South Africa, Immunity Island, the Idol King, someone that came in with a massive name here, Tyson. You know, my favorite boxer and also one of my favorite Survivor players is called Tyson. And now I've got another great Survivor player called Tyson that is playing this season as well. Tyson, hey. how are you? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. And how are you, Chris? I, I'm very good, thank you. Um, firstly, well done in playing two idols correctly. A lot of players get voted out with idols in their pocket. A lot of players don't play the idol, you know, and, and all of that. And you correctly negated four votes quite early in the game when it came your way. And then you negated seven votes when they were going to vote for Chappies um, after mm. the merge. Well done on that. You know, it's a massive achievement. Thank you. And as you probably know, having seen a little bit of our preseason content, myself and Riley, we were sleeping on you in that preseason content, and you were quite low on the on the pecking order. But Riley was so convinced you were going to win the season. He already, because he drafts for his own channel snuff, he drafts his videos like three, four mm -hmm. weeks in advance. And he started preparing for uh, an episode on how Tyson won Survivors of Africa, Immunity <laughs> Island. So <laughs> I think it's going to be a shock for him this week if he sees you getting voted out. Um, firstly, I want to ask you, you know, obviously the obvious thing is you weren't the biggest Survivor fan when you came in to play this season prior to getting on the show. Are you, A, now a big Survivor fan? And then, B, um, how much preparation did you do for the show before you sort of went out there to go and play? Okay, well, now I'm most definitely a big Survivor fan because after you've played this game, you just as challenging as it is you completely fall in love with it so i'm 100 a survivor fan now but going into the season i wasn't a survivor fan i had never even watched a full season of survivor so for me it was something completely new in terms of the game itself but i was familiar with what survivor is as much as i didn't watch it that much and in terms of preparation i knew that i wanted to stay true to myself and true to my authenticity so because I hadn't watched Survivor and I'd never seen a full season, I didn't want to now go back and study other players because I felt like I'd try to emulate what they did. So mm. I just stayed away from Survivor as much as possible once I knew that I was going to be on the show so that it allows me to come into it with the fresh process and to be able to be adaptable and not try to basically copy other people and copy strategies and whatever the case was. So I just made sure that my body was in good condition and that's about it. Yeah, and, and sort of interesting, you know, with not having watched a lot of Survivor, when you came into the show there in the early days, what were you looking for in an Alliance member? And sort of who were the, the early people that you sort of gravitated towards in Vuno 1.0? Because um, I asked Karan that question, and it sounded like in the early days, he was sort of leaning more towards Carla and Mike Laws in those early stages. Um, were, was Karan that person for you from the start? Or what was sort of happening in Vuno 1.0 before you guys got swapped? Um, in Vuna 1.0, the first person, because also my my strategy going into survival was that I won't approach people, I'll let people approach me, because that mm -hmm. way you're able to grab as much more information because they're coming to you with something. So the first person who approached me to work with me was Warta. That was my first alliance member. And from there, Kieran is someone who we connected because of similar interests. And then we found out that we had gone to the same school and we grew up around the same area and we both from Durban and all this stuff. So it was natural with him. But in terms of like a proper alliance, we hadn't established that. We just got along. So mm -hmm. because I aligned with Warda, Warda was aligned with the Nesu. 
and then Carla and Anesu sort of also, like Anesu was had this vibe where everyone just gravitated towards her. So I think I think she was the bridge for that six man alliance between a few of us. So with Warda and Anesu, that those initially was that was my initial alliance, and then Kieran and I got along. So I'm assuming because we got along, Carla and Mike were also the pair that Kieran was mm. closer to. So that when um, the first vote had to come around and Pinty was the person that people were going at, I re- before it got to the Pinty stage, um, Mike's name was getting thrown around a lot. And because I was close to Kieran, but we hadn't established an alliance, I knew that I wanted to work with him, but I can't mm. work with him if he's closest to the first target because we're already going to be on the wrong side of the first vote. So mm. I brought him in and... I approached him and told him what was going on. And so we just established a relationship from there. There was always genuine and mutual respect between us. And it just grew. Like I think at at Vuna 1.0, it wasn't as strong. It got stronger after the tribe swap because then we were stuck mm. at the bottom as just the pair. Yeah, and, and obviously you were stuck in that first tribe swap in, in, in Vuna 2.0 with Anesu as well. But eventually when you guys get to back together, there's that whole scene of Anesu coming to you, wanting to get some confirmation, and you're not really giving her much. And um, you sort of veer away from Anesu later on in the game. Can you talk a little bit? Also, uh, yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah. you go ahead. No, I was saying um, that comes from what you just mentioned because mm. at Vuna 2.0, it was... Old Zamba, old Zamba people versus three of us, which was myself, Kieran, and Anesu. Mm. When it was time for the Rice Challenge, Kieran and I stayed behind and Anesu chose to go to Immunity Island, which in a way you can understand it because we're at the bottom already. It's fine. Go save yourself. But then mm. we knew that she lied to us about the advantage. So that's the first red flag that we're already at the bottom. And you can see the dynamics of this tribe. So you're going out, getting an advantage, and you're coming back and you're not being honest with us about what you had. So it, it led us to believe that she had other other motives and, and her intentions weren't the same as ours. So that's why I sort of started distancing myself from her because that broke the trust that I thought we had for me. Mm. No, no, it makes 100% sense. And in that tribe, you know, in that first swap tribe, it kind of looked like Karan on the editor show, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it looked like he was kind of the bridge between you and some of the members there in the majority alliance, the old Zumbas that came over, and he sort of mentioned to you to go have a conversation with Renir, try and get Renir's trust by telling him about the idol and things like that. Um, you know, what, what were you sort of thinking? How, if you didn't get swapped after that, what was your plan in regards to working your way into that majority alliance? Were there certain people in that alliance that you thought you could work with and potentially you sort of get yourself off the chopping block? Because obviously after playing the idol, um, it would have been very easy for them to again, put your name down in, in a vote again, if you didn't get another swap. Um, the, the whole thing about me going to Renee came from the fact that Renee and I had a personal relationship. Every single morning, we'd go to the beach and pray together and talk about life. So I like we had like a little brother, big brother relationship that wasn't really that didn't come across as much. So, mm. but we'd never spoken about the game. So when it was time to strategize and try to get in on the other alliance men, it only made sense that Kieran suggested Renier because you'd seen Kieran and Renier were also close on their own, and then I also had the separate relationship with them. So there was mm. something there already. And then, but we'd never used it as a tool to play the game with. 
So when when that came around, it made sense for him to say I should go to Renew because it's something that I also would have done and wanted to do. So it came from the fact that the relationships were established. And then, but Kieran is obviously a lot more social than I tried to be. Mm. And then, so I did rely on him in a sense to sort of bridge the gap between me and the other guys because he was, he got closer to Dino. Uh, he had very good banter with Nicole and Marisha. So it made, it was very natural for him. Whereas with me, it wasn't as easy because as soon as we got back to camp as a new tribe, I went out looking for the idol. And from that moment, everybody sort of had us up. I basically painted a target on myself and people moved that way. Mm, mm. That makes that makes really good sense. I mean, we obviously saw Dino's reputation from making moves early in the game, sort of continue to follow him. And on the 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 second swap tribe, you know, when you guys got into Zumba um, 3.0, and um, I spoke to Karan about that move because you know, obviously at that point is probably when you would have heard me even on the podcast say, I think Tyson's going to win this show. I'm starting to become more and more confident. He's taking control. He's making the right moves, trying to keep Vuna strong here. And Zumba's got so many numbers going into the merge. And from what it sounded like Karan wanted to go for Santoni at that point and you mm. were the one that said let's rather paint the, the target here on Dino instead why were you so sort of gung-ho on going for Dino um, before going for um, someone like Anella or for someone like Kian in that spot specifically because obviously Dino was somebody that um, you guys work with a little bit in the previous trip I went to uh, actually Anella wasn't an option obviously because he was on the immunity island at that point so why was it Dino opposed to Kian or even a Santoni at that point um, I remember coming back from the first the first challenge after the first swap, which was the wrestling with Paul, and I got a clue for the idol. Dino, that mm. was evident on screen. He's he picked it up, and then I felt like he he had it out for me in a sense. So there were two parts of it. The part, one part was personal, and the other part was strategic. The personal part of it was that when we got back to camp, and oh sorry, there was a raid. When Anesu and Dino yes. went for the raid, they came back, we sat, we sat down as a tribe, and they basically told us everything that happened. And in that moment, Dino decided to ask me in front of the whole tribe that we saw you speaking with Paul at the challenge, what was that about? So that's basically throwing me under the bus in front of an entire tribe when there's already a target on my back and you're just painting it even mm. bigger with neon painting, basically. So mm. it felt like this is someone that was coming for me. And then while everyone was sleeping just before the tribal, the night before the tribal council, when Teresa got voted out, Dino came to Kieran and myself and he tried to get us to give him a name of one of the girls to vote for. So that's another thing for me that was a red flag. So going, my perception of him was wrong, obviously, mm. but then it felt like this is somebody that's, that genuinely has it out for me. And mm. then after we swapped and we're now a Zamba tribe, Dino and there were seven of us. It was me, Kieran, and Warda as a solid alliance. And then on the other side, there's a faction of Dino, Smash, and Kian who were original Zambas. And then there's Santini in the middle that we don't really know how where she stands. So my thinking was Dino had very nice things to say about Smash. So I didn't want those two people ever coming together. So 
because Smash was sent to the island and Dino and Smash never got the chance to meet before Tribal Council, it made sense to go for Dino because mm. if Dino had gotten with Smash, he would have found out how the relationship dynamics between Warda and Santity and the previous Zamba tribe. So I didn't want that connection to ever be made because it would have played to our disadvantage if one person flipped. Like, And then also... Santini told me about her her hidden idol at Tribal Council. I didn't tell anybody. I kept my word about that. But I knew that she had an idol. So even if we did go for it, it wouldn't have worked. And then because we had gone for it, she would have just flipped the next vote. So it didn't make any sense. It just made sense for me to eliminate as many Zamba people as possible because in the previous Zamba tribe, they, they got rid of Carla, they got rid of Mike, they got rid of Paul. And these are all the people that we started off with. So it made sense yeah. to just even the numbers. And Dino was already a strong name around camp that everybody was sort of talking about. So it was just eliminating a threat. No, and, and again, I, hats off to you. I think it was a brilliant move there. Um, I think Karan probably had a bit more, like you mentioned, social capital sort of over with the Zumba yeah. members than you had at that point. So it would really have been a bad move for you to to go that way. You would have had less options here um, going into the merge. And then obviously the, the next really big move and probably your biggest move off the game, I think that everybody looked at and they thought, wow, impressive. And I think I kind of sort of mentioned there that it's a move that's very ballsy and you won't see a super fan easily make that move um yeah, at the merge and that was to play yeah. that was to play the idol on uh chappies who you know ultimately becomes you know you could look back at that on hindsight but you wouldn't have known at that point he becomes your biggest threat towards the end game but you end mm. up sort of saving him here can you talk us through what the strategizing like was like that day how the plan came together um because obviously you needed to feel a certain level of comfort to be able to play that idol on chappies and did you give chappies a heads up about the plan prior to it because he looked like he was in on the plan he didn't look too shocked when you were playing that idol for him yeah so that whole thing started off with me finding out that Santini had gone around the whole tribe and told everybody that I have an idol. So yeah. that then becomes of, okay, now we know that it's out there. How do we play to get an advantage on our side, to get a numbers advantage, basically? And then everyone headed in for Chappies. So it made it an easy target to sort of say, okay, they're going to vote for Chappies. Cool. But I had a conversation with Sean, because Sean is the person that came to me and told me that Santini had told everyone about my idol. But then Sean's proposal or pitch to me was that don't use your idol. We'll use it at the next tribal council to blindside Nicole. That's where I got Nicole's name from. So I'm seeing mm. that a person from another alliance, a person from the opposing alliance has mentioned Nicole's name. So mm. let's use Nicole's name as a decoy. And the only person who would make that believable is Santini because everyone already expects her to, to speak right so if this is a person that people are going to trust because they're expecting her to spill the beans let her say nicole's name because they mm. believe that that's where we're going and we all know where their votes are going so we'll just put down marisha's name because she'd already robbed people the wrong way by telling santini they'll vote out they'll vote out at number seven she also said something similar to an issue about that so it seemed like she felt she felt like she was the most person in control. So it just made sense that the one person that feels the safest and also a very huge challenge with nobody wants to go up against Marisha. So it just made sense to blindside Marisha out of all of them and then use Nicole's name as a decoy because we'd gotten that name from one of them. Okay. And um, 
who did you guys sort of use to fill? Was Chappies aware of this plan, and who did you use to fill him in on that? Was it through Santony, because uh, obviously she had that relationship with Chappies, or or how how did that work? Was he aware that this was coming? Did you guys sort of loop him in as well? Yeah, I think Kieran and I had a conversation with him, and yeah. we let him know that um, I will play it for him. And I think also me telling Santony, it got back to Chappies, which was, I think, val more validation for him to sort of know. So the whole thing was just paint yourself as a target. Don't make anything look suspicious. I will play my idol for you. He was aware of the plan going into it. Okay. Now, obviously, on the on the subject of Chappies, you know, we can't have a conversation with you without bringing him up once more again. There was some heated okay. conversations between you guys um, on, on the island, um, and obviously things got a bit heated. I want you to talk a little bit to that in regards to what made you feel a certain type of way being out on the island. I spoke to Karan about this as well, and, you know, I, I kind of made the case, and, and I don't know if I'm right, right or wrong, I made the case that if you're out there, you're deprived of the food. We, can, we can't really, like, I mean, I can only imagine what you guys went through being out there on the island um we can't imagine it because we haven't played the game but can you talk us through sort of how things are heightened in a game such as survivor and how things potentially could really set you off because obviously there was a lot about the food and you know from what i could see in the edit you were also a provider um it was mm. shown quite a lot on the tv screen where you would go out and get crabs and you would share it with everyone and you would you you were very um much about the tribe and sharing for the tribe so that was sort of the the, the stance you came from and obviously chappies got caught out a few times playing a bit of a selfish game here um if you can speak a little bit to you know what sort of got you to that point and you know are things okay between you guys now, or will you guys agree to disagree in the future? Like, wh where does things stand between Tyson and Chappies at this point? <laughs> okay, so I'll start it off by saying that Chappies and I are cool. Like, things are okay. It was no, no hard feelings, just hard game. So hmm. going back to the beginning, I think it was around day two when it was still Vuna 1.0, and I realized that I even said it in this last episode that I figured it out very early that this is a person who has a superiority complex. It's just the way that he spoke and came it came across to other people that I knew that we're going to clash. We're just personalities that don't get along because those are the kind of people that I usually stay away from, right? And moving through the game and also with the context you've just, you've just given with me being somebody that's always for the tribe, I sat and made the fire every single night I was in the game. Every time I'd go out and get mussels and oysters and um, crabs, it was for the tribe. It was never at any point that I was just getting it for myself. So in me holding the position that I had in the tribe and being as selfless as I was and being for everyone, when food started running out and we were rationing pretty hectically and everyone was aware of the fact that there's no food. So at that point, to find out that someone is stealing food, First of all, they're foraging, and when they forage, they're doing it for themselves. Okay, that's fine. Even though it's selfish, that's fine because you're not stealing. Mm -hmm. But now when you're stealing the food and then coming back to share it with us as well when we're all eating, it just rubbed me the wrong way because how do, how do you expect us to know? Like, you already know how bad things are. So for me, I'm the type of person that I did say that like 10 out of 10 times, I'm going to speak my mind. So it just I, I, it completely rubbed me the wrong way. And that was basically what it was because at that stage of the game, I think it was day 30. For context, I lost 10 kgs on Survivor. 
Wow. And I didn't have I didn't have much fat going into the show as well. So I was just yeah. losing muscle as I was going. So being that hungry, being that tired, being so sleep deprived and all these and like the elements and the rain and everything's just coming down on you. And then to find out that this is happening, it can't not rub you the wrong way. If you're somebody like myself who was for the tribe. Yeah. And and I mean, you you kind of went into this wanting to compete, obviously, and do well in the challenges. Yeah. And you're you're I, I follow your Twitter. I can see you're a big you know football fan. You're you're into sports and things like that as well. Um, you know how how difficult was it to go up against someone like Chappies in these challenges here towards the end, just winning one after the other and just not being able to to pull it through in the in the challenges? Did you guys? sort of see it coming because obviously he was doing quite well prior to to the merge and and what was your plan like when were you sort of planning on taking him out um if he sort of i'm, I'm assuming it was every single week after he started winning winning immunities but you know how did you guys sort of plan in your thinking because you had him as a part of your core five you needed that numbers what was what was the plan between you and kiran in regards to when it would have been the optimal time to remove him in the game um Chappie's winning definitely wasn't expected, like winning that many challenges in a row. So his run wasn't, this is what I'm referring to, his run wasn't expected. So mm. it you can't strategize. You can't strategize around that. We had, Kieran mm. and I had a solid strategy, how we're going to get to the end. And it was all working out, working out, working out. But the more he won, the more our plans got derailed, the more we had to go with the alternative plans. So when after Tide Destinies, it was um, eight of us left. And that's when we got Anisu. After Anisu, it would have been the perfect time to get either Chappies or Santini. But their faction of our alliance always had some sort of advantage. Like they hmm. always had some, because he won so much in sending people to Immunity Island, one way or the other, they always had some sort of advantage. So when it was seven of us and Anesu had passed on her tribal council pass to Chappies, we couldn't have planned around that because we thought we had, we had eliminated that in the game. So when we looked through his bag and we saw that it's still there, we knew that it came from Anesu because Anesu had lied about an advantage for us. Hmm. So... We, we had a plan that at seven, we get rid of, if not Chappies, then Santini. At six, if not if not Chappies, then someone else. But if we went to final six with three numbers on our side, we were definitely seeing ourselves sitting at the end. So we never really accounted for Chappies winning that many challenges in a row. He just needed to lose one and our plan would have worked. Now, you mentioned there that you guys are planning on going all the way to the end here. So that sort of answers one of the questions I had in regards to would you ever have taken Karan out before the finale? And then if you weren't going to take him out before the finale, you know, Karan had a very strong social game, which you were aware of. How were you going to counter that in the finale if you were to pitch to win the game against him? Um, I, I, I made it very clear to the guys that I was playing with and around that Karan's a name that I'll never write down. So they understood that there's a point where I think it was final seven where Kieran was protecting me and then sacrifice of Warder in a sense and Smash wanted to um, blindside Kieran along the line and he approached me and asked me if I'd ever write his name down and I said nah that's something that was never going to happen because for me we were playing this game for a bigger reason than ourselves right mm. we wanted to represent something a lot bigger than ourselves so sitting together at that final being able to be two two guys of color 
that go mm. all the way, completely loyal from the very first day. We, Kieran and I were spent every single day of the experience together. So to go from that, and we just wanted to change the game of how survivors played and like the basic prototype of betray these people, lie to those people. So mm. for me, I wanted to sit at the end with them and I would have sat at the end with them if everything worked out. And my way of countering um, Kieran's approach to the final jury was the fact that as much as we played the game together, we played completely different games. I never had to hide behind anybody. I had to prove myself more than anybody else. So I was going to appeal to the respect of the game from the jury members because we're it, we're in a season full of super fans. So if yeah. you respect this game, you respect the fact that my approach was completely unorthodox. It was original. I didn't play it scared. And I played it extremely loyal because knowing that everyone's coming for you every single time, it's very easy to turn around and paint the target on the person right next to you and say, that's the actual threat. Not mm. once did I ever do that. So I was just going to use all those elements of my game that Kieran never had to his game to sort of counter his social game, basically. So that was my approach. But I wasn't even thinking about beating him because I just wanted to sit there with him. And whoever wins, I would have been completely happy with that. And and you bring up a valid point there, you know, representation being important, especially in a season such as South Africa, um, which I think there, there has been a lot of representation over the seasons and, and things like that. But this season seemed to have a really good balance there um, with, yeah. with definitely a large variety of different ethnic groups that are being represented and, and Kieran being, you know, Indian, South African, uh, Kian being Asian, South African. There was quite a lot there in that season. And, you know, that's admirable. I understand that there's one specific thing there for me with um i don't know if you've seen ponderosa the previous episode for ponderosa amy mentioned that she never really got to know you um and she didn't know anything about you um can you talk a little bit about sort of that you know and if, if, if there was a reason you guys never really got to talk out there because it seemed like if you were to get the final she wouldn't have potentially uh, been one of those people that would have voted for you based on the fact that you know obviously on the show and and you can correct me if, if i'm wrong here you do seem like a bit of a more introverted guy someone that's more of a deep thinker opposed to like you said a social player and do you think that hindered you a little bit in regards to you know reaching out to someone like amy who you never really played the game with prior to going to the merge um it goes it goes back to my initial approach to the game that i'm not i'm not going to approach people i'm going to let people approach me so the fact that i never got to know her she never made an effort to get to know me either and then mm. we only amy and i only crossed paths at merge and by that time, she was throwing my name around and trying to get me voted out after blindsiding Marisha. So mm. why am I going to an opposing alliance member that's gunning for me, trying to get to know them when I'm in the majority alliance? It didn't make any sense. So from that perspective, there was no interest in playing the game with her because she was coming for me and I was focusing on the people around me. I also feel like I came into this game with a completely different approach. As much as Survivor is a numbers game, my whole thing was quality over quantity. The quality of the relationships that I had protected me as opposed to me just being a number in another person's alliance. So I think that's just what it was. Another person who was in a similar position to Amy is Sean, but Sean and I talked quite a lot because we actually engaged around camp. So Amy was always with other people, always on the other side. So it didn't make sense for me to sort of reach out to her when she's gunning for me and I'm not even a part of her alliance. I think that's just what it was.
Yeah, that makes sense. And you, sort of towards the end of the game there, you, you had an injury, a leg injury, that sort of prevented you from being able to perform at the level that you would have liked to. Um, you know, do you believe that sort of was one of the main reasons that you struggled towards the end there when it came to the immunity challenges? And um, how long did it take for you to sort of recover from that afterwards, after playing the game? Um, the final two, yeah, so... The immunity, the final five and final four immunity challenges, definitely I had the injury blocking me from performing how as well as I wanted to. So mm. I do think it played a role because if you look at both challenges, the final the final five challenge in swimming and jumping up to get that, I couldn't swim, I couldn't swim faster than I did. And by the time I got up to those, to those, to those bells, to those keys, I mm. only had to jump once. Chappies and them jumped twice to try and get those keys. I only jumped once, but then I couldn't really swim that fast because I was already injured. And then and also the second challenge, I wasn't running or moving. I wasn't as mobile as I'm no, I normally am. So I do feel mm. like in terms of time, it took away a bit of the time that I could have had had I been 100% healthy. But like after that, I think two weeks after I got home is when I got properly fine again. So it was a, an injury that, hindered me quite a lot but at the same time i didn't just want to make excuses about an injury and not try to perform i still went there and tried to give it my all now uh, another thing i wanted to ask you that and and again I, I don't know how truthfully you can answer this and that's fine you've been on survivor you're you're used to answering questions when nico throws it your way so i'm sure you'll be able to handle my questions um <laughs> you know there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation out there by by fans that you know nico is sort of favoring chappies in the tribal councils and giving an, an, him an opportunity to state his case in regards to how he outwitted um in regards to you know foraging and getting food for himself you know there's allegations around there and i sort of mentioned that i believe the tribal council is a lot longer than what we see on tv and that potentially nico asks a lot of the same types of questions to a lot of people but we might not see people respond to all of it because it gets edited out of the show um is that kind of how it came across for you when you're out there as well did you feel like that the tribal councils were a lot longer and nico's a lot more fair in regards to that or did you feel a little bit of biasness there as well and, and it's fine if you don't want to answer it you just let me know if if, if you know if it's if it's too no, much of a, yeah oh uh, sorry no i'm saying the, the perfect example would be to sort of give you guys the context of I spoke at every single tribal council, but when you watch the season, there's certain tribal councils where you hear nothing from me. So that mm. gives you an indication of tribal councils are really long and everybody gets a chance to speak. Nico asks everyone the question and he also opens the floor for anyone to say anything at any time. Mm. So as much as it might come across a certain way on screen, actual tribal councils are long and I do feel like he gives everyone an opportunity to say something about anything. Okay, that's that's great um, for you to be able to clear the air on that. And you know, ultimately here towards the end, it, it did it did look like Anella was your Achilles heel at the end game here, and that you potentially trusted in him a little bit too much because obviously, you know, uh, Chappies decides that listen, maybe I need to, to sort of change things up if there's a final two. So. Firstly, how surprised were you about the fact that it was a final two? Did you did you see it coming? Was there a lot of talk about there potentially being a final two prior to that tribal council between you guys? And then secondly, what can you talk us through why you didn't ultimately vote with Chappies here um, against Anella? Because it could have saved you in this spot. Okay, so just to give a little bit of background, Anella and I 
developed a secret alliance before merge at Zamba. Mm. And it was never a thing of, I'll play the game with you or you play the game with me. It was just always just a thing of, you stay on your side, I'll stay on my side. You let me know if my name comes up, I'll let you know if your name comes up. And that's that was it. Like we had that understanding. So that's where we established a relationship. And as the game moves along, even when he tried to blindside Kieran and their relationship took a strain, Anila and I were still fine. Like obviously mm. I was mad for Kieran. I understood it from Kieran's perspective. But Anela and I never really, we didn't get into it. Like I, I understood what he was trying to do because I'd also try to get Kieran out too if I, if I wasn't playing with him. So I do think at the end, it ended up being my Achilles heel because I trusted him over trusting Chappies. And that came from the fact that after I'd spoken to Chappies uh, on, the, on my last day on the island, he had a conversation with Anela about how he's just giving me false hope and it wasn't really, he wasn't really going to go with me at that. So when that got mm. back to me via Anela, I just completely, I completely wrote Chappies out. I wrote, I wrote him off. So anything that he said at Tribal, I thought he was just, you know, lying to me, giving me false hope again, trying to have one moment of deception, one last moment of deception with me before I leave the game. But Anela mm. was very aware of where my vote would go because I told him. And I counted mm. on him changing his decision. And after I'd spoken to Chappies at Tribal Council, I went back to Anela and I told him, stick to the plan. Because mm. that way, Anela's vote determines who goes home as opposed to me trusting what Chappies was saying. And it also made sense to me to vote for Nicole because Nicole was the challenge threat. Anela never performed that well in the majority of the challenges. And if there's endurance coming up, my only threat or biggest threat would be Nicole. So getting Nicole's name and hoping Anila goes with me gets Nicole out as opposed to me trusting Chappies and it becoming, you know, up to nothing. So I do feel like I should have trusted Chappies, but I don't regret not trusting him because the information that I had was correct and I made an informed decision based on how everybody was playing the game and what they were saying. No, 100%. And what was the, the moment um, that you were the proudest of out there that potentially made the screen or didn't make the screen, um, you know, on the, on the actual TV show? My proudest moment would have definitely been that Merge Tribal Council when I pulled mm. off that move because it felt like I was at the center of one of the biggest moves in Survivor. So mm. my proudest moment was definitely that. And also actually the feeling of finding a hidden immunity idol because that's something I came into the game hoping that I would do. And for that to actually come true was one of my proudest moments as well. Yeah, it was really cool to see you find both of those as well, especially after Chappie's looked for it for so long and he couldn't find it yeah. on, that, uh, <laughs> on the beach as well. So there's one thing you definitely could, he's maybe better at challenges, but you're better at finding those idols. Um, <laughs> another thing um, that I wanted to ask you, and, and, and I think this is sort of a, a question that most people, they probably, after they come out of the game, they... They probably think I wouldn't want to do it, but then when you've had some time, you know, to think about it now, and you've been out of the game for a while, yeah. If there is an All Star season in South Africa, would you come back to play it? Um, and if it's not an All Star season and it's a, it's a rivals season coming back, who would be the rival that you would like to see uh, play against you in a rivals season? Um, I said it like straight after I got voted off, and I'll say it again. I would definitely want to play Survivor all over again. Like if there's an all-star season or any kind of season with returning players, I would definitely want to be a part of it if I have the opportunity to be. 
And if it's rivals, I mean, Chappies make sense. Like, it, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't get, it doesn't get, um, the rivalry doesn't get any bigger than that. So I would think he's the person that I'd go up against. And I think in a season with returning players and him being such a huge challenge threat, it would be better for me and not as good for him. But he'd definitely be the rival I'd think of first before anybody else. I would be excited to see a Tyson that's now a fan of Survivor with a little bit more knowledge of what can go right and yeah, wrong. Yeah, definitely, because that's, that's what I think of now, that I know so much. And with everything that I know, there's so many things that I would do differently. And there's mm. so many new things that I'll try to incorporate on top of the game that I had already. So, like, for example, I playing the game, I never really cared about the jury or worried about the jury. And everyone mm. was doing jury management and like basically the same thing that with Amy, like had I been aware of jury management as much as I wasn't playing the game with her, I would have made an effort to have some sort of relationship with her. All those little things that add, that add up to the biggest ultimate result at the end, I think I would have done a bit differently and approached the game differently in that regard. So I do feel like if I had to play it again, I have a lot more tricks off my sleeve. Yeah, let's hope that Survivor South Africa is on air long enough that we see a couple of hopefully returning seasons in the future at some point. Um, also wanted to sort of give you an opportunity here towards the end of the podcast. If there's anything you want to plug, anything you want to make people aware of, um, what's next for Tyson at the moment? I know that you have in your bio, you're a creative director, you work on a couple of things behind the scenes. Is there anything that you would like to make people aware of? Um, I think it's more on the entrepreneurial stuff. Like there's there's these water atmospheric, uh, sorry, water atmospheric machines that we have um, and selling. So mm -hmm. what they are is these are machinery that generate water from the humidity and condensate and it condenses into clean uh, drinkable water. So oh, that's wow. a project that I'm pushing as my main project right now and just trying to because we're in a country and a continent that's so starved of resources and mm. you know there's a water crisis so i'm trying it's an it's an immediate immediate solution for all those things so i'm trying to push that as far as i possibly can i'm calling it the wham project water atmospheric machines and yeah anybody can email me and sort of reach out if they're interested in those and that's what i've got going on i also started a production company i will be shooting short films and all kind of content i have my own shows that i've developed so it's further down in the pipeline but yeah just check out my socials i'll post everything before i put it out uh, that's cool and we'll make sure to put your instagram handle in the description afterwards as well and uh, people go and check that out it sounds very interesting you're in durban as well where humidity is pretty high so it's the perfect place um for for that type of uh, technology to be used as well um mm -hmm. tyson it's been absolutely great talking to you i would love to have you back on on a future episode to um either further dive into your game or talk about a future season of survivor and um have, have you watched australian survivor at all if have you been turned on to that as of yet or was it more so the survivors of africa that you're following at this point i haven't watched the latest season of australian survivor i think the last australian survivor season i watched is the one that pia won mm. and uh luke was top four i think harry was third and baden and pia sat at the end so that's the last season of australian survivor i watched but as soon as our season is done i'll get onto that season so yeah the next yeah We'll have to. We'll definitely have to get you onto some of the other seasons as well. Um, I'd love to talk more Survivor with you now that you're a part of the um, Survivor community moving forward. And um, yeah, I'd love to talk to you again in the future. And thank you very much for your time today. I'd definitely love to come back again, Chris. So I'll just hear from you. So anytime you want me on, I'm there.
Thank you so much for the awesome. chat.